Hello and welcome to Northwestify podcast, uh, the podcast where we talk about business and tech in the Northwest. I have my co-host with me, Zach Giorgio. Say hello, Zach. Hello, John. It's been a while. It's been a while. Great to be back. And today we have Nikki Clegg. Hello, Nikki. Hello. And I, w- I won't I won't spoil and say what Nikki does. I'll let Nikki introduce herself. So, Nikki, thanks very much for coming on today. Really want to really interested to talk to you and find out about what you do. Um, I know it's STEM learning and related to that. So, yeah, do you want to just kick us off and introduce yourself? Uh, so, yeah, so Nikki Clegg, um, and I work for STEM Learning UK, um, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about what STEM learning does. Um, and my role is Stakeholder Relationship Manager, um, mostly working with technology organisations and or, or technology departments um, to get them more involved in what we deliver. Excellent. Brilliant. So yeah, let's 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 jump into that. So what what is STEM learning? What is... STEM learning? Um, we work. I would say we work tirelessly with educators, young people, and volunteers to help young people see and be inspired by the potential careers that use STEM knowledge and skills. And by STEM, I mean science, technology, engineering, and maths. So we support teachers and, and other educators to just provide the best educational opportunities possible to some of the most disadvantaged children in the country. So it's a very, very purposeful organisation yeah. and yeah, incredible every day, really. Fantastic. So and how big an organisation is STEM Learning? How many of you are there? Oh, there aren't very many of us. Um, well, not compared to other organisations I've worked in. Um, there's less than 200 people work at STEM Learning with a massive range of, of different skills. Um, a lot of ex-teachers, a lot of people focused uh, yeah, tirelessly on delivery or designing um, amazing inspirational activities for young people as well. We do some fantastic things like competitions and challenges that are just brilliant. Oh, brilliant. I really, want, I really want to find out all about those. But I mean, before we go into that, can we find out maybe about you and your experience and what brought you to to this point in your career? So um, I've had a lot of roles over multiple sectors. I've worked in public sector and private sector. I've worked, um, I worked for the British Library for a long time. Um, I worked for an energy company. So if the lights went out in Manchester, that was the company that I worked for. And I worked for a, a national law firm as well. Um, and I guess I think I've always been motivated by making a positive difference. That's like being my driver throughout my career. And I'm also very curious about about people, actually, and things. And uh, I I think uh, it's like I started my career as a very individual contributor, a researcher, um, a programmer. Then as I got into data and business architecture, um, I started to get more and more interested in how things tick, how people work, how businesses work. And I then started getting involved in technology strategy, business strategy, operating models, um, cultural change, and realized that I liked working in a team more than anything else. And I liked helping other people. I like, I, I really get motivated by helping people in businesses be the best that they can be. So coaching and mentoring and exploring barriers and helping generate conditions for growth. That's what I really love to do. <laughs> wow. That's re- yeah, that's really interesting. Isn't it? And what, like working with, I guess, a lot of young people right now. You say you work with educators and businesses, but those benefiting from it are often the sort of young people coming up into industries. So that's that's really brilliant. So, and you kind of touched on it there a little bit. Like, how have your priorities changed now over mm. over your career? I would say that um, you know initially I I kind of had that drive to you know do well in my own personal career and reach the lofty heights of chief technology officer. 
but then I think the underlying thread has always been around trying to make a positive difference. And, and I've recently turned 50. And so it was really important for me to then sort of shift what I was doing to be able to do more good. And that wasn't through being a senior leader in a technology organisation anymore. <laughs> um, I needed to find something else that would allow my, me to use my skills and experience to amplify the impact of another organisation in, in doing good. That's, what, that's great. And actually, I think it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because a lot of what we hear younger people coming into industry now um, saying is that they want to have an impact and make a difference and change the world, I suppose. But it's funny that you're saying that, you know, at it, it, it your stage in your career, that that became very, suddenly became very important as well, that, you know, you got to the point, you actually, I really want to do something different. So how long have you been doing what you're doing at STEM Learning? I've only been there four and a half months now. Okay. Um, so it's quite a new change. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I so I think it's it, it. You're right as well about about young people really wanting to make a positive difference, mm. and and it's almost less about saying I want to be a technologist or, or it's it's about I want to solve problems, right? And I want to make the world better. And and I think that's the you know that's the kind of point I got to was what do I need to do differently in my life to then feel far more. Um, satisfied content with what what it was I was doing every day yeah fantastic and just because it's front and center of my mind because my son just um got his a-level results yesterday we were looking around university websites and and I was browsing over different things because of some of the choices we're making now and what I noticed were degrees courses at red brick universities about things like climate science and I suppose it hadn't occurred to me that people would be studying that at university, but of course, that's what we need now. We need climate scientists to understand where the world's going, and, and you know, so getting people into those kinds of things are they're they're hugely important. Um, but to get people excited about them, you got to start early. You do, you know. So coming into the education sector, it's been like really eye opening. So there's different pieces of research say that 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 children as young as seven or even as young as five are subconsciously making career decisions, right? At like five or seven, oh, I I am going to be this or I'm not going to be that. And it's like, wow, right? And unfortunately, often it's girls going, I don't want to be a computer scientist, right? I don't don't want to get into technology. And that's that's, um, a real problem. It's a problem for the UK economy. It's a problem for them. Um, It's a problem for... The future customers of the products and services that are being made by teams that aren't diverse. Uh, this, uh, you know, we 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 know we've got a talent problem in terms of the right. There is not enough skills. There are not enough technology skills or science engineering skills out there, uh, and we know that our our teams are not diverse enough. And so, at the end of the day, if we want a thriving UK economy and we want social mobility, then we've got to start helping young people and children to understand what these opportunities are. And like you say, going back to you know a, the role of a climate scientist didn't exist. Well, maybe it did exist, but there was probably very few of them like 30 years ago, uh, you know, when I was leaving school, there's all these sorts of new roles um, appearing and, and the role of scientists and engineers and technologists in delivering everything these days, right? right? It's like, it's it's often quite hidden and, and, and that lack of visibility means that these opportunities just aren't seen and understood. So we need to do something about it. Yeah. Um, sorry, first time I spoke, John, John's, John's been asking all questions. Thanks, John. No problem. <laughs> 
<laughs> not to do very much today. Um, but yeah, and it's it's quite interesting you should touch on that point. Because I mean, I've been recruitment now for 26, nearly 27 years. And I don't think there's ever been a point in my career where we've not had this whole question about talent and this whole point around, are we educating our children? At what age are we educating our children? And I think probably in the past sort of maybe... 15, 16 years or so, I know lots of big businesses have been going into schools and doing speeches and doing more on this piece. And, you know, I, I personally get involved with young enterprise and go in and help as well. So, you know, and, and I think it's quite interesting what you said throughout this, which was that you love giving back. I think my best days are when I go and do that. It's, it's a great feeling to, to impart your knowledge on other people. Um, but how big a problem do you see? Having worked in diverse industries, public sector, private sector, and now in education, have we still got a long way to go? Because I think we certainly, from what I can hear and what I see, we, we've got, are we ever going to fix it, I suppose is my question. Oh, gosh, that's <laughs> so have we got a long way to go? Yes. Are we ever going to fix it? Oh, God, I really hope so. I really hope so. But there is a lot to do. I think going back to what John said earlier around. So what's really motivated me to, to change my career? One of the things was 15 years as a senior leader in IT, doing my own bit to try and drive diversity. We celebrate each year a small percentage point of increase in, of women in technology roles. But it's a tiny percentage point. So it's still what, depending on which research you look at, it's like 20% of roles are female and 10% in senior leadership. And that's after 20 odd years worth of, of targeted interventions at, an org, at organizational levels, at business levels, to drive equity, diversity and inclusion policies, etc. It's not working, is it? So then you have to go, well, so what is one of the fundamental problems? And one of the problems is that girls at school are not aware or put off by um, potential roles in in technology getting into schools and helping the teachers and the young people to really understand what these roles are about smashing the stereotypes of it's not about being locked in a cubicle on your own not talking to anybody for weeks on end coding away right it isn't it's about problem solving team working it's about creativity design curiosity Right? It's about all of these things across all sectors. You know, if you want to get into the healthcare, you don't have to be a doctor or a nurse. No, you can be someone who's creating, or you can be a data scientist, you can be somebody who's working to solve global pandemics, etc. Right. There's all all these roles that are available that will be sort of more interesting for girls. Yeah, and, it, and it, again, it's interesting. I mean, it's been a long time since I've gone to school, so you know, I'm probably not qualified to talk very well. I'm not my kids are just at school now, but I think it probably even runs deeper than just girls. I think it's generally at school are people really understanding what the opportunities are that are out there now, and I think that you know, I remember back in the day, you just you went to school and. But you were never really taught, you, you were taught your history and, and stuff like that, but you were never really taught about modern day inventors, modern day things that you could go and follow. Like my kids at the moment, I've got a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. And, uh, you know, we're really, really, we're quite strict in relation to iPads because we just don't want them all the time on devices. However, as they've sort of grown up, I, I've explained to them that, well, what does daddy do with a job? Well, daddy does recruitment. And what does daddy place? Well, daddy places people that make those apps that you're currently playing on. And they're like, 
what? And I'm like, yeah, they've made somebody that daddy has potentially helped get a job has made that that you're now playing on. How cool is that? And that is like, they're like, woo, as well as um, the pink pretty little thing buses that they see in town as well. But um, the, the the reality of it is, it's that's the type of thing that I think we need to get in a, a, a far younger age about what is it that you're using on a day-to-day basis, whether that be medical, whether that be tech, whatever it may be, that is going to then appeal to them to then want to do the job. Because but when I grew up, similar age to yourself, engineers was, you know, Kevin the mechanic on Coronation Street. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't somebody who's creating a really, really cool device yeah. that's basically potentially going to save a life. And that's the type of stuff that we need to transmit into our children at a far earlier age. I'm a wronger. Is that right? Yeah. Do you agree? That's exactly what we um, try to facilitate. So we have this phenomenal program called the STEM Ambassadors Program, which is um, a volunteering platform that allows individuals or individuals within organisations and organisations to volunteer into schools. Um, we train the volunteers. We do their uh, ensure that their DBS checks get done. We give them support. We join them join them together with the schools. So if the schools need a volunteer about a particular thing. They put a post about it and the volunteers can then connect in and go into those schools. But we then work with the volunteers on doing inspiration events, careers events, um, competitions, challenges, all of those things. And and that's exactly what we're trying to do is is bring into the school environment or an after school engagement around those sorts of things. Like what, what are these amazing, amazing jobs that are helping our daily lives run or are supporting and a part of big brands that um, children really relate to, or, you know, even things like, um, I don't know, designing mouth guards for rugby players, or you know, all of the things that are just like, um, requiring you know data analysis or an understanding of programming or your basic sort of things around science it's it's all connected together you have to sort of help them see the lived experiences yeah um in order for them to to really really grasp it yeah because otherwise it's just if you're not careful it ends up just being a face on a screen talking about a job right (laughs) which is fine but the power is the the in-person deeper conversations that happen my going into a school and talking to 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 young people is going to be less impactful than a female apprentice who is just at the end of their apprenticeship and about to go into a permanent role um, as a as a whatever type of technologist a product manager a scrum master a, a python coder you name it ux designer ui designer right that's the power because that's a very relatable and accessible role model for a young person because they're so close to their age and they can hear their story and then really relate to the fact that it is possible it is possible for me to then have that sort of career as well and choose that educational pathway to to move forward are you are you getting the kind of um ambassadors that you need then because you're saying i you know i i i don't know if i did i don't think i did sign up for the ambassador i know some ambassadors some stem ambassadors and they're all about my age and they're all because their kids are starting to grow up and so on. And you're right. It's, whilst you can go in and, and wax lyrical about how great technology is in your job and your role, 
the I don't think the impact is there. And I love I love the idea of what you said. You have these in uh, you know innovation uh, events or the uh, sorry aspiration. No, sorry, what was the inspiration and aspiration? Yeah, yeah, I really like the sound of that. So I think that that I want to know more about. But I think uh, Zach wanted to come in with a question. Yeah, I just I'm just trying to think about. As I say, it's been a long time since I went to school and my kids aren't probably, they're not secondary school, so it's not quite the same as it when they're at primary school. But mm. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to think, you know, we learn about history, we learn about geography, we learn about all these things. Wouldn't it be great if they had one thing that was about careers in because I reckon there'd be loads of people that would want to help loads of people that would come and do talks on their jobs and show people and just a whole year. Because I think the, the one of the problems that I think happens is people will go in for a short session and a taster session to teach somebody something. And before you know it, they've forgotten about it. Whereas if you did a whole year period, particularly around that sort of, I don't know, maybe early mid teenage year where you just like literally had somebody coming and talk about every single potential career that there is out there and what they actually do and what that looks like. How cool would that be? Because I think that would probably appeal to people, not just appeal, but, Give people a really good insight of what's going on out there rather than leaving school and a vast proportion of people still doing what the parents do. So I might get this wrong, actually, but but part of the state school requirements is to provide their students with engagements at key stage three, key stage four and key stage five. So pre-GCSEs, GCSEs. GCSE options, GCSEs and A-levels around what um, future educational opportunities there are and what the career pathways are. And they have to have things like training providers come into the schools or provide to the schools and the and the young people information about those opportunities. The problem is it'd be impossible to sort of share every career, right? So how do you make sure that th- these are really meaningful engagements that will inspire the students and really help them to understand, again, what these opportunities are? So, for instance, with with computer science, it's the helping them to understand that you really don't have to have a degree in computer science to get into technology. Like, you really don't, right? I mean, it's a great thing. Go to university, get a computer science degree. Absolutely, if that's what you want to do and that's where your passion is. Um, but for those um, that aren't as academically inclined, there are things like apprenticeships, T levels. There are a whole bunch of other ways for people to get into these into these roles. And uh, in my last role, when COVID hit, we used to do quite a lot of work in in local Sheffield schools where our head office was in disadvantaged areas. And so when we couldn't get into the schools, I started to do, we were were trying to figure out what we could still give them in terms of collateral to use that would help the children not be worried about their future in the context of the pandemic and not being able to get into school, right? Oh, how's it going to help? You know, what if I don't get my exams, et cetera? So I started interviewing some of the people in my team around their what we called squiggly careers into technology roles. And it was really inspiring around some that went, oh, I didn't do very well at school. But here I am doing this, doing this, doing this. This is what I love. This is why I'm good at this thing, right? So I'm good at being a, a tester. This is why I'm good at being a, a, um, a business analyst. This is why I'm good at being a, a project manager. This is why I'm good at being a coder. And some of the, you know, some people had run pubs and another guy who'd come over from Zimbabwe, had, had, you know, he'd been um, uh, running safaris. He's like got chased by a lion. You know, all of these stories were just absolutely brilliant around all of the different routes. It's not a ladder. You don't just climb it. It's a, it's a career tree <laughs> that you kind of pick a branch to be on and you can swap that branch because what does technology give you 
it gives you the foundational grounding to be able to go into pretty much any sector you want and where you've got passion to to go work in and make a difference and I think that's that's a real key is showing young children young people how it will give them that freedom and opportunity and you know if they don't like something it doesn't matter and it's, I know it's massively cliched, but it is attitude and aptitude, really, for, for most of these roles. And uh, at our company, 360 Insights, we we have a mentorship program called Beginners in Tech, which I work with. Because we're a technology company, but we have, I say, about, about 600 employees, about 150 of those are in te- what we call technology roles. And they're not developers, right? It's a very small number of those developers. It's all the other roles. Um, and people want to join our business knowing that there's a pathway into those roles so they'll come in in a customer services role or so some maybe even on the phones and then they come to our mentorship program and we have a sort of meet and greet session and i think what's great about it is those people are so enthusiastic because they've joined this company for that purpose they're on that call and then they're talking to other technology people and they're sharing ideas and then they get paired up and they're mentored for a number of sessions and they they talk about career pathing with them I think it's great that that happens. I just wonder how how you can replicate that back at sort of the school level. You know, you're saying children at the age of five and six are making decisions about their careers, presumably ones about things they don't want to do as much as things they do want to do. So how, how do we get to those five and six year olds before they, they before they um, say this isn't for me? So I think often, um, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on this, but often at the primary school, it's about making it exciting and fun, right? And, and actually at primary school, it's very different from secondary because you tend to have the year teacher. They are often brilliant at being able to bring the subjects together. So this is why art is fun, but we can use technology with it. This is why, I don't know, geography is fun, but here's where data comes into it. So at primary, it is about fun, right? It is about fun and connecting it to the real world. These are the things you are using every day. These are the things that, you know, make the world tick. These are the things that solve the problems. But then when it's at secondary school, it becomes uh, it's a little bit more difficult, isn't it? Because they've, they've got specialist teachers and the connections across the different topics become um, less easy to connect the dots across. It sounds like um, your organisation, John, has has got a brilliant uh, early careers strategy and plan in place. But that's the sort of thing that your organisation could volunteer to go out and help schools understand that that. There are organisations that do this. You can go in as a customer service agent and still that doesn't mean you have to stay as a customer service agent. You can go here, 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 here and here. And here's some people that have done that. That really powerful, right? Even more powerful if you have an office and and you're not just all still working from home is getting the young people into your organisations so that they can see the people like them working in that environment have lunch with them hear about some inspirational stories you know I, I you know meet some inspirational senior leaders but then also the people that are close to them in age that at the start of their careers um you know maybe do a little bit of your um, organizational professional development training with them so that they realize that adult professional development is not really scary in fact it's probably easier than a lot of school work actually school work's quite hard um, an adult professional development tends to be let's have a conversation about it and you know team working again and um, and so reducing the fear factor around what it's like to 
to be in a workplace environment, to engage in the adult world is so impactful, particularly with really disengaged young people. So, you know, having um, having activities that where um, working with the schools that have got really, really disengaged people and say, no, come into the workplace, come and see what it's like. It's quite incredible, the impact, both in terms of their aspirations, but also their confidence as well. Brilliant, Nikki. That's really good. I've made notes, so I will be going back to our people and culture <laughs> people after this and uh, making that suggestion. We do have an office, so we uh, we might bring some people in. Awesome. I mean, it's it's fascinating just listening to you both because it, it it's interesting for me having younger children. And you know, Nikki, you mentioned about making it fun. One of the things that I try and do every single day when I come home, and that's if I manage to see them, if I'm not late from home, but if I do see them, it's I, the first question is what was fun today at school and what we learned that you didn't learn yesterday. You know, I'm trying to instill that into them. Um, what's interesting though is is the point that John said is attitude. And I've, we've talked about this on this show quite a few times. I just, people are people at the end of the day, you know, and I do think a lot of it does come down to attitude. In fact, I think it's always down to attitude because what I tend to see is even with, you know, we recruit um, rookies, that's what we do. We don't very rarely we bring on with somebody with experience. They're all rookies. And you can see just certain people just they're there late and they want to be there late. Other people, they, they've gone bang on time. You know, even with my own children, I look at my own children and I'd say that probably one of my children, I'm not going to say which one, but one of my children is definitely probably slightly more talented than the other one in certain things. However, it's the other one that's always excelling because she's so determined to be successful. And, you know, it's almost like the other one's got the talent, but she's just a bit not bothered. <laughs> Whereas my other child is, is probably has to work harder at everything. But because of that, she ends up being... Yeah, she's quite popular and she's quite successful in, in her own little world, by the way. She gets invited to every single party, even when it's a small group one, because she's just one of those people that just want, you know, she's always trying. So, yeah, I think what's really important is for us as adults and business leaders or people that are putting in place early careers programmes, is really thinking about the situation that young people have come from, the conditions that are surrounding them every day, and then thinking kindly and generously around how we can support them to gain more confidence within a working environment, which will then help them be themselves authentically, as opposed to feeling like they have to defend a position. And, and I guess also there's the being really conscious of non-visible disabilities or differences. So there are a lot of young people out there who will never be the ones that even wants to go to all the parties and, and get invited places. They are still going to be extremely valuable to us in the workplace in the future because of how they think mm. um, and the fact that they are different and I guess it's just, yeah, always having our minds open and kindly thoughts towards people's background and, and their current conditions. Yeah. So we, we're starting to run out of time, but um, I think there's two really pertinent questions that we want to ask you. So I'm, I'm going to go with um, 
How can and why should people get involved with STEM learning? Brilliant. Okay, so first of all, they can volunteer. I've talked about that um, a little bit, but this, the STEM Ambassadors Programme is phenomenal. It's free. I cannot believe it's free. We've got around 30,000 active volunteers each year, around 7,000 businesses, hundreds of thousands of volunteering hours and activities, but it's not enough. We need more. I'd like to double it. Um, and the, the benefits, you know, it is free and not only do people get to engage with young people, which is just brilliant. And they also, we, we offer free early careers, professional development as well. So there's, there's free resources within the STEM ambassadors platform around how to plan events, how to talk inclusively, how to explain your job to an eight-year-old, which I also think is very relevant to if you get into the lift with your CEO. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so all of those kind of early careers opportunities, development opportunities, so organisations will end up with much more confident, and motivated employees through being part of that, that volunteering. We do also always ask for money. We do have a charitable foundation and people can give to that foundation and then that money gets reinvested in educational outcomes. And again, phenomenal return on investment. And we've got turnkey interventions that deliver up to 20 times or more in terms of the return on investment in social value, it really is phenomenal. And even if organisations don't feel like they can contribute or sponsor with very much cash, really think about how you could collaborate with other organisations to join together. So maybe five or six of you could contribute between you £10,000, right? And then you get your 20 times return on investment for that £10,000. It doesn't just have to be from one organisation. Let's really collaborate on this. We also really want expertise. So we've talked a lot about how can organisations help us at STEM learning and teachers stay up to date with the trends because how fast is technology changing? How fast are roles changing? They can't keep up with that. They're teaching, right? They're not in the workplace. So we have to help them by getting the volunteers in that show these things that are changing all the time. And resources as well. Anybody who's got event venues or uh, might host uh, large-scale online events for us, fund some of our software licenses so we can like expand what we offer to other people like pro bono support for things like I don't know like I've got a few data problems that I'd like I'd like resolving at the moment in terms of how do I take something in an excel spreadsheet and automatically get it to populate some documents love some help with that <laughs> um and advocacy Get the word out about what we do, why it's important. Get into your communities, get your children's schools, make sure they know about us, make sure they know about what we offer in terms of teacher and professional development and the support around the interactions with young people. Talk to your supply chain, talk to your customers, talk to your clients, talk to everybody about what we do. That's how people can get involved. Wow. Yeah, and I think like the the why, you've said it all the way through. It's like, it's there's so much work to be done. The needle's not moving fast enough. You know, we need to we need to get businesses involved because they've got the often the resources that we need, sort of the money and the people. Brilliant. Um, I want to ask one more question before we finish up. And um, I'm really interested to hear your answer to this, which is because of what you've said about um your career and, and the direction it's taken. So what advice would you give to your younger self? So I've thought a lot about this actually. And I think what I would say was have the courage and compassion to change your mind that's beautifully simple yeah 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 i like that a lot and i think it's uh something that most of us don't do i think it's something that most of us tend to absolutely just right um, doggedly stick to your guns yeah, mistake absolutely. or not you know you just go no i'm seeing this out don't ask for directions do not <laughs> no 
I also I also think on it's quite interesting on that because I also think I mean you know things do change. So I think what tends to happen is you'll go down a career pathway and you're like, oh no, it wasn't the right one. And then when you're like, I want to make a change, I think most people are a bit like, well, no, you need to stick to it now. Now you now you've done it. And I think if you'd have got that support where they've gone, yeah, all right, go for it. I remember, but you know, personally, my personal situation was like, well, you've just done your training now. Why, why, why would you want to change now? I'm like, because it's not for me. I know it's not for me, and I need to make that change. And I did make that change. And actually, this was for me. And 27 years later, 26, 27 years later, I'm still doing it. And I'd like to think that I'm probably at the right point in my career. I really get it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, you're always learning, but you know what I mean. You're thriving, and you're at the point where you've learned so much because you've lived it. But I could quite easily have, have not changed because I remember saying, oh, well, I, you know, I mean, and it was a bit like, mm, yeah, you're going to do it with something different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think, Zach, actually, that that there's um, one of the activities that we do ask for more volunteers around is mentoring. Because you might be in a situation where you, you've got carers rather than parents or um, your parents aren't as supportive as they could be or are able to be as supportive as they could be. And so having a mentor in place to bounce those questions off and say, is it okay to change? Is it okay for me to follow my passions to, to, to change my mind around this thing? You know, that that is an incredibly powerful support network by having that mentor available. And we do have a mentoring platform. So join the STEM ambassadors and get mentoring. <laughs> um just to sort of add to this, I personally have been involved with Young Enterprise. I know it's a sort of different model, but I want to just sort of say how fulfilling that is. So anyone that is listening to this should be really consider doing it because you walk out of those sessions and you feel really good about yourself because you feel that you're giving back. But I want to finish on one thing. I think of, of, of all the guests, and we've had lots of guests, and there's been lots of passionate guests and lots of really exciting guests. Nikki, I think you've proper showed your passion to us today. The way you described the question earlier on, um, I'll take from it how passionate you are about this. And I'll walk away from today's podcast and say to myself, Nick is in the right shop. Because <laughs> if there was anyone that was showing you amount of passion when you were describing why people should get into it, I think you sort of did that absolutely brilliantly. So thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real yeah. pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, just completely echo everything Zach said. Loads of passion. Love, love hearing what you're doing. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Nikki Clegg, for coming on uh, the show today from STEM Learning. Uh, we had a great time talking to you. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, then contact either myself or Zach. We are on LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest place to find us. Thanks for listening. Thanks.